Hello, and welcome to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. My name is James Early. Thanks so much for joining me today. Each week, we take a fresh look at the Bible and dig down beneath the surface of things to the deep spiritual lessons of God's love for each one of us and how to live that love in our daily lives. The goal is to get back to the original Christianity of Jesus with his focus on healing and salvation and his message that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So, let's jump right in. Hey there, and welcome back to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. This is episode number 22. Today we're going to talk about the power of God to heal. Several months ago, I was at a church-related meeting with a focus on spiritual healing. Oh my goodness, there were some wonderful experiences and testimonies shared, but there was one in particular that stood out. It took place a number of years ago. There was a wounded soldier in the hospital, and his leg was about to be amputated. Someone had called a Christian science practitioner to go pray for him. So the practitioner went to the hospital and sat by his bed and prayed. When he was done, he got up and left, and just after he walked out the room, the nurse screamed, and so he ran back in to see if everything was okay. And as they stood next to the bed, the nurse and the man both saw the flesh come back up on this man's leg. He was being healed right under their noses. The man was completely healed, and of course there was no need for an operation at that point. So someone asked the man, how did you pray? What, what did you do? And his reply was very simple, but to the point. He said, I got into the allness of God, and I just stayed there. Let that sink in. I got into the allness of God, and just stayed there. Could healing spiritually really be that simple? I guess so, because it sure worked for that guy in the hospital. And there are tons of examples where Jesus healed someone and his disciples healed people. Even in the Old Testament, there were healings by the prophets. But what about today? Well, I have a friend who goes to one of these large non-denominational Christian churches and he was having a very serious heart issue. I don't know if he had a heart attack or what it was, but it was very serious. And he asked his pastor to pray for him, and he was healed on the spot. I know of lots of different Christian denominations. There's a lot of healing going on in the Christian church. This was part of the original Christianity of Jesus, and it's coming back into Christianity stronger and stronger. So the real question is, is this something you and I can do. You know, I truly believe it is. I think we just don't go all the way to God's allness. And if we do, we don't stay there long enough. Let's just think about this for a little bit. If a man's about to be amputated leg can be healed by thinking about nothing but God's allness, maybe we should think about how this idea can apply to the things we're praying about. That word all, such a tiny little word, just three letters, A-L-L, but the implications and the meaning of that word are infinite, both literally and spiritually. When we use the word, though, we don't really even come close to its literal meaning. I've heard lots of people, in referring to God, use the words omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent. Those are just fancy words for all-powerful, all-knowing, and all-present or everywhere. 
omni is simply a prefix that means all. And boy, we love to throw around those powerful words talking about God being all-powerful, but we're rarely aware of the infinite ramifications and implications of what those words really mean. A friend said to me one time, Oh, I believe that God has all power and is everywhere, but you know, I also believe that the devil and evil are here and have power too. It's really easy to get into theological quicksand here. And I know some people who are already halfway sunk down in that dogmatic quicksand because they believe exactly what my friend does. You know, it makes perfect sense to the human mind, which bases most of what it believes on what it perceives with the five senses. I mean, just look around. There are a lot of bad people and a lot of bad stuff going on in the world. It seems pretty obvious that evil has a whole lot of power. But if God really does have all power, how can there be any other power for the devil or evil to have? If Satan has evil power, then God doesn't actually have all the power. God has some, and the devil has some. I have been really surprised at times to hear some Christians argue for the right of the devil to have power. And they explain in detail, based on traditions and a lot of stuff that's not even in the Bible, about how he got that power. In one moment, they talk about the supremacy of God, and in the next moment, they talk about a devil who is almost as powerful as God, if not more so. Their minds and their theology have become a house divided against themselves. And if that's the approach we have in prayer, believing in this powerful evil force called the devil, whatever you want to call it, no wonder your prayers aren't healing anything. Let's face it. If you believe in a powerful evil force called Satan or whatever, you do not and cannot, in reality, also believe that God is all-powerful. Those two beliefs contradict each other. But that's what a lot of people believe because that's what they were taught to believe. So let's come back to this idea of God being omnipresent or everywhere. Think about what that word actually means everywhere, filling the whole universe. If God is everywhere, how can God's opposite exist in the same place? You can't have light and dark exist in the same place. But that's what most people believe. Or rather, they think they believe that God is everywhere and all-powerful, but they really do not. They actually believe God has some power and evil has some power. They believe God must be absent from some places because of all the evil going on in the world. But you know what? A God who is not omnipresent and omnipotent is not really God and is not really worthy of our worship. It's just a limited human concept of what God is. And it's not too different from some of the concepts of God that the ancient Greeks and the Egyptians and the Romans had. So the question comes up now, okay, James, well, so where does evil come from? Now, I'm not going to pretend like I can answer this question in just one short little podcast episode. People have been debating that topic for thousands and thousands of years. But I'm just going to share some ideas to think about. I'm not going to tell you what to believe. You have to study the Bible and pray to God and come up with your own answers. But I'm just going to share a few ideas that have been helpful to me. So, if God is all, where does evil come from? How does Satan have the power he does? If you start this discussion with the premise that evil is a power, 
you're going to try to figure out where it came from. If that's your starting point, where does evil come from? You are assuming that it's a real power and you have to find an explanation. And if you ask the question that way, you will come up with an answer. You will find something and it may be different from what someone else comes up with. But you will find a reason that you can believe to explain why there is evil in the world. Now, to take a different approach, if you start with God's allness to answer this question, evil can't come from anywhere. Unless, of course, you believe in a God who creates or allows evil. If God creates the evil, then he's really not true to himself because God is love. He's not a mixture of good and evil. So how could he create something that's the opposite of himself? And if he does that, he becomes a house divided against himself. And Jesus says, that can't stand. Well, God stands forever. So, so that doesn't work. Some people believe that God made man capable of sin, capable of evil, and that that somehow gets God off the hook for doing the evil. But if God made man capable of it, then he's ultimately responsible for the evil because he's allowing it then you have a God who is participating and allowing evil. That theory doesn't really hold water in light of God's allness, supremacy, and goodness. Let's look at it from another perspective. If God didn't create evil, did it come into being on its own? Did it create itself without God involved? Then you've left God out of it all, and you believe in a God who is not supreme, and it turns out there's another creative force in the universe, evil. So you've got a good creative force and an evil creative force, a good God and basically a bad God, Satan. Now, I don't think we think that's what we believe, but if you believe that evil is a power, that's kind of what you're saying. As I said, over the centuries and the millennia, people have gone round and round and round on this theological merry-go-round trying to figure out and explain where evil came from and why it exists. But I think we have to start with who God is and his omnipotence and his omnipresence and his allness and his goodness and his supremacy. Only in that context can we really answer the question. Another thing that's helped me along these lines is looking at how Jesus defined the devil. He had a very simple definition for Satan and evil. It's been under our noses for almost 2,000 years, but I don't think we have plumbed its depths completely to gain the full implications of what Jesus was getting at. He said when he defined the devil, this is from John 8:44, he was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. The key phrases for me in this passage are, there is no truth in him, and he is a liar. Let that sink in. The devil is a liar, and there is no truth in him. Everything the devil says or does is a lie. Everything. A lie doesn't have any real power unless you believe it. So the devil's so-called power is not real power. It's only perceived power. It's the illusion of power, which we believe when we believe the lies that he tells. If I say to you, oh, your skin is purple, you're probably not going to believe it. You're not going to go run and look in the mirror and say, oh my gosh, my skin is turning purple. But I could say some other things that might be closer to something that you think might happen, 
And if I say them enough, you might start to believe it. We've all seen examples of that. Telling somebody they're tired or they're sick or you're going to do bad on that test. We, we do that to ourselves sometimes. Those are really ideas that are coming from the devil, trying to get us to believe things that are not true, things that are not from God. One of the ways that Jesus' purpose is defined in the Bible is in his power over Satan. It says in 1 John 3, 8, For this purpose, the Son of God, Jesus, was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. I love that. You could really paraphrase this by saying, Jesus destroyed the works of the devil by not believing any of the lies he told. So let's go back to that man in the hospital praying for the wounded soldier. Here's another way to look at this situation. The man that was praying didn't believe what seemed to be so obvious to everyone else. He didn't believe that the situation was hopeless and that the only solution was to amputate the patient's leg. This man consciously chose to go into the allness of God and stay there. He refused to believe Satan's lie that God could not heal in this extreme situation. He put out of his mind everything except God's allness, and the man was healed. Just let that sink in. The allness of God healed that man's leg. And think about how you can apply that in your own life. I had a little example of this Oh, a year or so ago, I was driving home from New York City after taking my daughter to the airport. And I was tired. I was exhausted, really. And I was miserable. I was coming down with something. And it was getting worse. As I prayed, though, I thought about God being everywhere and what that really meant. I knew that God had not created or sent or allowed this weakness or this sickness or this fatigue to be part of my life. And I kept coming back to this idea of God really being everywhere. And I just held on to that in my prayers. In a pretty short period of time, after I started praying this way, maybe 15 minutes or so, I realized I felt completely rested. And there was no hint of being sick anymore. It was like someone had turned on a light switch in a dark room, and I could see clearly. Now, you might be tempted to dismiss this whole idea that God's allness can heal problems. That sounds so philosophical and sort of woo-woo or something, and it may sound too simplistic or naive. You may have prayed for someone or for yourself, and no healing occurred. But did you really plant your prayer feet in God's divine allness? All too often when we pray, we are more absorbed with the problem than what the solution is. We try to figure out why something bad is happening, or we blame someone, or we're overcome with fear about what might happen. None of those mental attitudes are really conscious of God's allness, and none of those mental attitudes are going to heal. Now, I'm not talking about ignoring evil or just pretending it doesn't exist. I'm saying we have to see it for what it is and for what it isn't. Evil is not power. It is a lie told by the father of lies, in whom, Jesus says, is no truth. There is no truth in him. Let that sink in. There is no truth in the devil or in any of the lies he tells. So the next time you're praying about something, big or small, for yourself or someone else, whatever it is, think about God's allness. Go there. Don't leave. You are in the presence of God. 
you are enveloped in his allness, his omnipresence, and his omnipotence. There is no other power present to prevent God from being who he is and doing what he does. Just imagine for a minute going out into the farthest reaches of space, past all the galaxies and nebula and all those stars. You've probably seen pictures how immense space is. God is out there. He is just as present there as he is right here with you or anywhere. Now go the other direction. Zoom in with a mental microscope to see the molecular and atomic level of things. Then keep going. Doesn't stop at the atom. Keep going to the infinitesimal structure of things. God is there as well. Now, that's just the physical realm. That's just the physical sense of infinity. The spiritual sense of infinity is even more vast than that. God is infinite, omnipresent, and omnipotent there as well. Okay, so you say again, well, James, this all sounds great, but I've prayed about some things and I'm still not healed. We've all got things that we're dealing with and we're praying about. But just for today, I want you to forget about trying to be healed. If you can, don't even think about the problem. Just set it down, put it out of your mind just for today. Just like that man in the hospital who prayed for the soldier, ponder the allness of God and stay there. Keep at it. Refuse to be conscious of anything except God's perfect presence. Give it a good 15 minutes and then 15 minutes more if you can. Now, if you are believing the lies that Satan whispers or shouts to you, you are not in the allness of God. You can rebuke and reject those lies. Throw them out. Put them in your mental fireplace and burn them up. If you catch yourself thinking, well, God sent this illness or this problem to test my faith or to teach me a lesson, it's going to be a lot harder to see that that thought is actually one of the serpent's lies that needs to be rebuked and rejected and disbelieved. You can prayerfully insist and know that God never sends disease. He is the healer of disease. The book of James says, Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Of course not. That's James 3.11. God does not send disease and heal disease, he heals disease. And if we're ever tempted to think he can't heal everything, we need to go back to Psalms 103 verses 2 and 3. It says, praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Nothing unlike God, evil, disease, sin, None of that can exist or stand in God's presence. But you can. You are his dear child, made in his image and likeness. Stay in his presence. Be conscious of nothing but God's allness, God's allnitude. When you do that, you or the person you're praying for will be blessed. In the book of Revelation, chapter 21, it says, In the new heaven and the new earth, There will be no more death, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more tears. There's no more illness. And nothing that defiles or makes a lie can enter into heaven. So in the kingdom of heaven, all these ills of the flesh, all the sickness and diseases and the sins and all the problems, all the evils of the world cannot enter in. So when you are getting into the allness of God and staying there, what you're really doing is entering into the consciousness that the kingdom of heaven is at hand 
you're looking at things from the perspective of what's already true in the kingdom of heaven. None of those things exist there. They're not real. They don't have any power in the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is within you. He said, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's what gives us the authority to pray this way. It was really a promise from Jesus. We know that the kingdom of heaven is at hand and that whatever the problem is doesn't have a chance. It's like a little bit of darkness doesn't have a chance in a bright light. I hope these ideas have been helpful. I hope you can get a whole new fresh sense of God's allness and his power and his presence and just stay in that. Be conscious of that. The reason I started this podcast is I want to share ideas about how to pray more effectively. I want you to feel God's healing power in your life. And as we do that together, we're going to get back to that original Christianity of Jesus where we experience the kingdom of heaven at hand and within us, and we experience God's healing power in everything we do. I would love to hear how you have put this into practice, and I invite you right now to take these ideas. Think about them. Think about God's allness. Put aside whatever you've been praying about in the problem. Just forget about all that for just a little bit and just think about God's allness. See how that enriches your prayers. And let me know what happens because I expect a lot of healing to be taking place. I have listeners to this podcast all over the world. So I think we can be part of a a spiritual awakening. The more we understand and experience and bear witness to God's allness and stay in that awareness of God's allness, we can make a big difference in the world. As always, I'll put all the scriptures that I quoted in the show notes for today's episode. If you want to find those, go to thebiblespeakstoyou.com forward slash 022. This is episode 22. Now, we're still working on our prayer project, 20 Ways to Follow Christ in 2020, and this is week 11. Our prayer topic is feed the hungry, clothe the naked, shelter strangers, visit prisoners, reach out to today's social outcasts. You'll find those references in Matthew 23, verses 35 and 36. Let's pray for opportunities to reach out and help those in need. This could be people that are literally hungry, or it could be people that are spiritually hungry. Now, you probably won't run into too many naked people that you need to give clothes to, although you could contribute some clothes to some charitable organizations. That's one way to do that. But think about this metaphorically. Maybe someone needs to be clothed with some spiritual love, some spiritual grace, some spiritual forgiveness. Look at ways to follow Jesus in this way in a little more metaphorical sense. And that can go for sheltering strangers visiting prisoners. Actually, I have a prison ministry, and I go every week to do a Bible study with inmates in a nearby federal correctional institution, but not everyone can go to a literal prison. Maybe someone's imprisoned by hatred or fear or resentment. You can help unlock those prison doors with your love and your Christliness. So those are just some things to think about. Let's work on this together this week. As always, I'd love to hear any insights you get or little victories that you have. It's really exciting to be doing this together. If you're new to the Bible Speaks to You podcast and you didn't 
get this list. You can find it on the show notes for episode number 12. In fact, that whole episode talks about each one of these things in a little more detail. So if you go to thebiblespeakstoyou.com forward slash zero one two, you can listen to that episode. And there's, there's a link there in the show notes. You can download this page, print it out, put it up on your refrigerator, take it to work, share it with a friend. I've heard from people that are really working on this and, and we're praying about this together. We can really make a difference in the world. So, so thank you very much for joining me in this prayer project of 20 ways to follow Christ in 2020. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you being here. And please share this with a friend. Someone you know needs to hear this message. If you haven't subscribed yet to the Bible Speaks to You podcast, I encourage you to do so either on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you like to listen to podcasts. And you can always listen on my website, thebiblespeakstoyou.com forward slash podcast. You can follow me on Facebook and Instagram at The Bible Speaks to You. Just tag me on Instagram and leave me a message. Let me know what you think. And in that vein, I would especially appreciate if you are able to get onto Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That helps people know what this podcast is all about and how they might be helped by it. That's it for this week. Again, thank you so much for being here, and thank you for joining with me in praying for the world. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you next time. I'm James Early with the Bible Speaks to You podcast. God bless. Music